Hey everyone, this is a very special questions from the audience section for So There's My Why, and actually an extension of episode 99 with David Liu, the former Disney animator. We collected some questions from you, the listeners, and David has responded to them. So to Nathan, Wei Chun, and Josh, thank you so much for submitting your questions. Now let's get to the first question. I actually got this question from one of the listeners of this podcast, Nathan. He actually wanted to know for you personally, at what point did your parents change their mind about your career as an artist? Because I mean, they were quite resistant at the start. So I'm so glad you asked this question. So I'm 54 today. My dad is 96 and my mom is 81. So the answer to your questions, my mom and dad hasn't changed their mind. They are bystanders. They think I'm crazy. They think I want to work at Disney, uh, animator, cartoonist, not important. A doctor and lawyers may be more important. And then when I decided to leave Disney, they think I'm crazy because I believe that I want to produce my own can-do films, my own animation. I have a story I want to tell. Yeah. So don't wait. You know, that's something that is so important. You know, in my biography, it says not a marble, but a diamond, right? Chinese, the word, it says, 别把钻石当玻璃珠, all right? Start celebrating. If this is something you love to do, whether it's art, whether it's, it's teaching, whatever is you is that you can't go to sleep until you say, hey, this is who I am. I'm a butterfly. I'm a firefly. I'm a cricket. Whatever that you feel, that gut feeling who you are, Listen, you have to own your own life. You have to celebrate. Start seeing yourself as diamonds and don't allow people to label you as marbles, okay? That's what changes me. When I worked at Disney all those years, my mom never go see in the theaters. I was hoping my mom would be proud of the film that I worked on, but she never seen any of those films that I worked on. I even drew myself as General Shannon Mulan. Even that, she doesn't care. Listen, Nathan, don't, or all the Nathan there in the world. You could be 30, 40 years old, 54, and still longing for your parents' affirmations. Don't do it. You might never come. At least hasn't come for me. My dad runs the biggest bakery business here in Taiwan. My dad is hoping me will go back there to become a CEO in the bakery business. But that's not me. That's not me. I know in Chinese culture, your good son is supposed to go back and take your old man's life, take your old man's job. No, that's not me. I have to follow that inner voice. God made me an artist. God made me who I am. I have to be that firefly God called me to be. Hey, that's who I am. When I die in this world that I finish, I am going to have to answer to this creator God. Did I shine at night? Was I was my light really bright? He's not gonna ask me, did I get honeys or did you play music at night like a cricket? No. You see, I I have to answer to all the talent that he has given me. Have I put that in the right place and shine and do it to bless and to allow other people to empower their family. Fantastic, David. So before we wrap up, I actually have two questions they sent a recording in where they wanted to ask you. So the first person is Wei Chun. He actually was a former podcast guest. He's one half of a duo who runs Singapore's 
most famous personal finance comic page. This is his message. Hey, David. Hey, Linga. My name is Wei Chun, and I'm a visual storyteller and a comic artist. And I studied animation when I was in university. So one of my favorite teachers in university was a man called Hans Barker, who was also the designer for Mulan. I remember Hans talking to us about having some pushback for the production design work for Mulan. I mean, presumably from the more liberal Western audience about the disnification of Asian stories, but also like the disnification or the Westernization of like Asian characters in cartoon form. But then on the flip side, he said when he visited China, he received nothing but warm reception for his work on Mulan from native Chinese fans. So David, I wanted to know what are your thoughts on merging or converting Asian stories in a Western or global audience or context? I think this is interesting because like, we saw this in recent animated films like Turning Red, for example, which I actually really enjoyed as a fusion of East and West, or basically like the idea of expressing the perspective of an Asian person that grew up in a Western environment, much like I think yourself. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for that question. So I go to exhibit uh, before COVID, I would go to Hangzhou. It's a, there's a big animation convention there. I mean, there'll be millions and millions, right? You go to China. And Taiwan, the same thing, big animation expo, Singapore, you know, for years, man, all the animations, everything that's creative, that, that's iconic characters, they all look like Japanese anime, anime, every Chinese dress up like that, look like that. And even the government are terrified because that is every Chinese animation studio, everything they created that it's Chinese, but the visual and looks, everything is Japanese anime. So the Taiwanese is already, I mean, um, uh, Taiwanese are just, they're, they've been, they've been dominated by the Japanese culture. I grew up with, I watched all the, you know, Ultraman, all the Japanese stuff. So it's so hard to try to find your own inner voice. I mean, you would think China has been that long and how can a lot of Japan influence Chinese? I mean, anime, it's unstoppable. Every Chinese in China. Their kid just loves anime, Miyazaki, right? I mean, so the question that he's asking, and then here is Disney try to attempt to do something that is Chinese, right? But these are American, the Westerners trying to bring that look and that feel, right? But I would say Mulan, it's very much, it's a lot of humor. You notice a lot of, a lot of Charlie Chaplin visuals, right? That's very difficult. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, 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 I'm working on this tiger stories for the Chinese and the team are here. The creative teams are here. So when I went to Beijing and we actually worked with the writers there, there would be like maybe seven to eight kids that were right. And I noticed that they were right. They would take what we have here because we have to make it very Chinese. All my writers here in the Western world, they're Americans. And they're trying to write this tiger stories that is American style of this tiger legend of the tiger story. Once we get it into the Chinese hands, I notice a lot of things are lost. Why? The Chinese creative team in Beijing, these are all came from the, the, the cinema, the, the best script writers team. I notice that they, they're not humorous. They're not visual. They're very analytical and they're very. They're trying to get everything historical accurate. So what happened when you do that, you kill it. You, you just absolutely kill it to death. And I noticed that they don't laugh. They don't, the writer's team, they don't, they don't really work well together as a team. That right there is a big difference. So in Disney, we, 
I remember when we worked on the Lion King, we want to kill Mufasa. We came out about 150 way of doing it, right? And then eventually only one way to go. I noticed in China, when we were doing this creative brainstorm session, I noticed they were competing and they were killing each other. They didn't know how to do team spirit brainstorm session. So that right there, I, I recognize it's it's embedded in the culture. I mean, in every animation studio from Taiwan to China, I don't know much about Singapore, you know, the creative writers team, it's always one guy. And one guy's trying to do everything, but not in Disney. Where we are, Disney, Warner Brother, ILM, it's always a group. We always break out into two to three groups, and per group is at least five to six people per team. And we would brainstorm and we would come with this great, and we would sit there and most of the time it's just laugh. We would eat and laugh. If you can't laugh at your creative story development, then the audience won't laugh at you. So that that right there alone is a huge challenge in the Asia culture. I think Singapore may be a little better. I did a a creative workshop in in a mega churches there one time with these 50 young people. They're they're pretty lighthearted, but even then I can tell it's there's there's they still got that Asian. They're not really free to run and just explore. They're more timid. So that part requires huge amount of just exercise. You got to exercise creativity, and you got to have no fear when it comes to creativity. So this is the second question from Josh Wong. Hey, Davey, I have one question. In a world and time where our media is filled with all kinds of mixed messages or NSFW content or not safe for work content, it concerns me on what kind of content kids and a young generation are watching. With can-do films, you are changing the narrative with wholesome content, which I love. I'm sure there are some challenges. What would those challenges be? And what do you think us as creative people can do to create content that's wholesome, but not conform to the ways of today's media? Thanks. So right now there's, you know, in America, at least I, I, I speak that there's animations are watched majority by adults. They're no longer like in China, animations they're watching by children. In animations in America, over 55% are watched by the adults. So the question you're asking me is how do you make, how do you make, right, 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 right now my biggest challenge is, biggest, biggest challenge is you know, Disney has a lot of character that it's they, that a lot of family, they don't, they, the conservative family are not subscribing to that. So for me, I see this as an opportunity for can do films. I want to create boys are boys, girls are girls. Okay. Now, if some people don't believe in that, they're, they're probably not going to enjoy, but I have to be passionate that I believe a boy need mentor. So that, to answer your question is that a kid growing up, if they do not have mentors, if they don't know what's it like to be a boy, right? Or a girl doesn't know what's it like to be a girl, right? Then you lose in this arbitrary world that, you know, you, you can become anything you want. And there is no right and there's no wrong. Right and wrong is very subjective. Then, then we kind of lose the point of creating stories, right? If we're going to please everybody, we can't. Ultimately, our audience, people will eventually pick side. And we're not here to please everybody. But I am passionate about telling what I feel and strongly about what wholesome, what makes somebody 
that has ultimately living the life with success, what ultimately satisfactions. And that's what I'm passionate about. I, I can't give you a quandrant of what to create, what content to create, but all the stuff Can Do Film is passionate about is I want to really honor what a creation has done and what creation can do to prolong the longevity of joy, happiness in humanity. And that begins with one individual. And that begins that one individual in their world of a family. What thrive as a healthy family? And that to me is what ultimately my goal in Kendu Film is. How do I reach to that one person that is lonely, that he, he and she feels like they're nobody and they want hope. And I want to give them a story of comparison that they can become hopeful that they can become this character and they can journey with this character and, and learn through these characters that potentially that they can triumph and they, they can overcome their life's difficulties. But life is challenging. There is no black and white answers, right? But I believe that life is many, many challenges. I mean, and, that, and that's why I want to deal with, I mean, in Asia, in Taiwan, in, in Japan, in China, there's a high suicide rate that these children they feel like they couldn't measure up. They grew up where I grew up. They feel like if they're not number one, they're nothing, right? But I want to let them know that God doesn't create number one. God create only one. I want to let them know that you're important. Maybe not to your family that they live in, in the school, university, in the country they live in, but this life that you are, and God made you this way, you are important to this almighty God that created this epic universe that you are celebrate and you are special.